0: Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but I'm living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe.
1: Yes. Hi, Jason. Hi. Do you realize how fast you were talking to start the show? <laughs>
0: Hi, and welcome to were like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> We
1: won't have much space to speed up later on if <laughs> you start at that rate. <laughs> so here, here starts a new race between Jason and Emmy to see who can speak faster in English. And here we go! <laughs>
0: I want to talk about um, preventative medical care, but I read an article on CNBC.com about the actress, Elizabeth Hurley, Hmm. who is trying to raise awareness about cancer and cancer preventative care, which means getting checked, like going, for women, this often means getting uh, Mm. breast cancer Mm -hmm. checkups, and for men, this often means checking up your, for prostate cancer uh, and so she's trying to promote, you know, women to go get diagnoses and checked out for for other kinds of cancers too, lung cancer,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you know, you know, I I did not know this until preparing for this article, but apparently, yeah. lung cancer is one of the most deadly forms of cancer, mm. and if you get it, only like ten percent live more than three years or something. It's really, Survival. really quite terrible. So if yeah. you get lung cancer, there's a very low probability of surviving more than a few years yeah so some of these cancers are extremely dangerous in a very short period of time well
1: let's not scare anybody like right off the bat um (laughs) but um (laughs) i heard that breast cancer i mean it's uh, you hear about Mm -hmm. that a lot right um Mm -hmm. these days and also did you know that men can get them too
0: yeah i did know that yeah
1: that's pretty surprising but um yeah you, you guys are not completely you know off the hook for this (laughs) there is a possibility um but when we speak you know when you said preventative care
2: Mm.
1: uh i think we have like you know different thoughts Uh, because you were talking about Mm. checkups um how Mm. you know we can do checkups on our own but i was thinking Mm. more Mm. about you know like changing lifestyles
3: um Mm. (laughs) uh,
1: like do you realize how much impact um stress Mm. And anxiety and just these negative like mental states have on our health, mm. on our physical health. I've
0: heard about it before, but I don't know the statistics. It's
1: I mean it's hard to measure, but I, I I'm a firm believer in the direct connection between your mental state, mm. healthy mm. health state, to your physical health. Um, mm. And also, I mean, related to that is how important sleep it is uh, to mm. our just health in general. And
0: did you say sleep? sleep?
1: Yeah, in general.
0: This is the second time you brought up sleep. Yes, I think you, someone needs more rest.
1: <laughs> no, I am doing better. Like I did not like to sleep. I don't particularly mm. like to sleep because because I think it's pretty boring. But my uh, understanding of sleep has you know has been changing pretty radically. Mm. And at forty mm. is somewhat a magical age. Like um, you mm. see life a little differently. Um, Maybe not Mm -hmm. for everybody, but that's my personal feeling. And now I rank Mm. sleep as like the most important important thing for health Mm. in general. Like if you Mm -hmm. can't have enough sleep and good quality sleep, Mm. the other things like there's pretty, Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to be very useful to speak of the rest. And like whenever Mm -hmm. you are sick, not feeling well, the first thing you should do is just lie down. And sleep and let your body mm-hmm, rest,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not stress it out. I think a lot of people make that mistake. They feel like going to work proves that they're strong, but really they're just making themselves sick for longer, right?
1: And making it worse, and it's just not worth it. And when you are younger, you you can like bounce mm. back a little bit faster. But when you're older, mm-hmm. it's just like it's like uh, debt for your body. You just mm. it, it just accumulates. And also um, sad to say that one of my very good friends. Um mm-hmm. was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, that oh, was wow. a year ago, and after I got the news, I mean, we talked about it, and it, she went through a process of analyzing her lifestyle.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I mean, like we knew her I mean, friends, we knew her, and she was one of those really hardworking people, like work with everything, and mm-hmm. um, everything else. You know, have to had to stand back, and she wasn't really going after you know fame or wealth mm-hmm. it was more like her passion and just her work ethics like she wanted to just do her best mm-hmm. so you know almost on a daily basis sleep was where she had to sleep like she would pass out if she didn't go to bed mm. or she would like sleep on the floor for a few hours mm. and then you know get up and uh, keep working and then maybe one of those days when she didn't have much work, she would like sleep for a whole day, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So there was not really a like a schedule, mm-hmm. like a routine, um, for her body to get used to, and also same with eating. Mm. You know, she would go for long periods of time without food because she was busy doing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of passion, mm-hmm. um, but it just it wasn't regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe when she was hungry, she'll just eat anything. Hmm. So, um, and we keep thinking that we are young
3: until something happens
1: to, to our physical body. And then we are reminded that I'm actually in my late thirties and, you know, early forties, not as young as you think.
3: (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) so, and also she was, you know, very stressed all the time because she was aiming for so high. Hmm. And when you have high aims, nothing was good enough yeah. right, for her until she uh, was completely exhausted. Mm-hmm. So years of working and living like that, um, eventually, uh, like her system just lost the balance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when, when she looked back, everything seemed so obvious. Yeah. You know, she was, like, I shouldn't have done it this way. I mean, the ba- I, I didn't even cover the basics, mm-hmm. you know, enough mm-hmm. seven to eight hours of sleep, uh, sleep per yeah. night and then three meals a day, Mm -hmm. and she was constantly, constantly stressed. And your body can only take so much.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry if I'm like rambling on, but I just want to, you know, share the message. It, it happens. Well,
0: I would like to share something sure, too please. in terms of preventative care. Not going, not just, you know, on on the on the lines of your mm-hmm. thinking. Not just about sleep, right. though. You know, I have found as I got older, I get a little bit of a hypochondriac about different things. Oh, this happens, that happens. So I like, oh, do I have this problem? Mm-hmm. And I'll go to like different health websites. And so it'll say, okay, you want to make your liver healthier. Then you need to, you know, eat more vegetables mm. and balanced amount of fruit, and make sure that you don't, you know, you need to lose weight. Make sure you're not drinking and smoking. And I'll, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Then I'll like, I, I'll realize my liver's fine. And then like a few months later, I'll think there's something wrong with you, my kidneys. <laughs> Usually there's nothing wrong. You move on and Then to I'll like go organs. online and it'll. And, uh, yeah, but I'll go, but I'll go to online and it'll say, oh, what you need to do is eat more vegetables and more fruit and, you know, have live a balanced life right. and not gain too much weight and make sure you don't drink too much and don't smoke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, OK. But then I have to find out my kidneys are fine. And then I'll find out some. Oh, I think I have high blood pressure. And it will say, oh, you need to eat more. Ve-. You know what I always find mm-hmm. is every website says eat more vegetables, have a balanced diet that includes right. fruit. Don't gain too much weight. Don't drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes like every <laughs> no matter what problem you might have. This. <laughs> Is like good advice they were
1: just copying and pasting
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like so basically and i i guess you know a lot of uh bowel cancer you know, this is a big problem, especially for men, I think is related to really bad Mm. diet. It's like you eat a lot of processed foods, a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of like, you know, really thick, like foods, foods with Mm. a lot of sugar and things in them. And then you don't have enough fiber. And then it causes like problems in bowels and bowel cancer, you know, usually isn't deadly, but it does cause a lot, you know, need surgery Mm. for it. And if you don't catch it in time, it can be deadly. So like, you know, it's a very serious problem and it's very much related to diet, you know, eat more vegetables and fruit and don't drink and smoke like very basic things people just need to watch out for Yeah, can have a huge effect. I agree with you sleeping and in diet and all of these preventative things are important, but even the healthiest person Mm -hmm. still can potentially get, you know, different kinds of disorders also. Mm -hmm. And having if a doctor can find out that you have a small node that might be like some (laughs) cells behaving badly (laughs) and becoming cancerous, if they catch it soon, they can Extricate it before it really becomes a problem. Jason,
1: I have yeah. the image of you walking into like a, a health checkup place <laughs> and just telling the doctor, Doctor, touch me everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Feel me. Is this okay? What's this to thing? Top. Why is this thing turning red? It's not supposed to turn red.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I, I think you sound fine. And also, um, like we are pretty happy people, I think in general, and mm. like mood, mm. like these things are hard to track. And I know that in, you know, Western science uh, depends a lot on data, mm. right? Something has to show up in numbers to convince people. Um, but as I get older, like I don't need as many of those data to tell me what's more important. Like mm. I know by now how um, how much impact your mood can have on your like on your physical body Mm -hmm, and the impact mm -hmm. is not something like well yes when you measure your blood sugar like if it just Mm. i was you know i was just yelling at my daughter and you check my blood pressure it's of course going to be higher but
2: (laughs) you know things
1: are happening on a deeper level too think of bad mood as toxins you know whenever Mm. you get angry um think of like toxins building up in your body and they will Mm. influence your cells like on a cellular level and when things happen like that, you don't notice that like the first time, but it keeps happening, the toxins mm-hmm. will build up. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're not good at like detoxing. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about all this because, um, I think it was like yesterday or a few days ago, my uh, book mm-hmm. club, uh, most of them are ladies. <laughs> we were talking, they mm-hmm. were talking about some health issues and some of them were saying how much impact, um, like getting angry had on their health like for example one lady one mom said when she was breastfeeding and one time she um you know she she was angry uh maybe her Mm -hmm. husband did something and right after that um you know she she couldn't pump out any milk like it just stopped
3: Mm -hmm. and another
1: Mm -hmm. mom she was like you know she had similar experiences um everything was fine and i think her Mm -hmm. something happened to her dad um, like probably, you know, thinking that he had some form of cancer, and no milk from
3: mm, her. Mm, you know, she was mm, still mm, breastfeeding, mm, and it
1: just mm. stopped. And after her father got the checkup, and uh, after she learned that her her dad was fine, yeah. like things were fine, like she started. What what's the word? Lactating. Yeah, yeah like, Lactating. Milk just came out, <laughs> just spilled <laughs> out. I mean, you can't really
2: mm.
1: measure the um, the impact they have, but it's yeah, it works yeah. internally. And I think um, at least when I was, you know, living in the States, there is, or maybe just because I was younger and didn't really Mm. pay attention to that, but now I'm older and becoming more sensitive to things that can be really numbered, but you know, they do have an impact.
0: I found this article by the National Institutes of Health. So this is uh, www.nih.gov. And they're talking about uh, sleep. You know, I've read about this before. So I wanted to, like, reaffirm my commitment to what you're talking about to getting enough sleep. Mm. Because there's a a link that's been discovered in the last 10 years or so that shows that there's a a protein that builds up inside your brain called beta amyloid if they find this in very high concentrations they often there's often a correlation with alzheimer's and other forms of dementia Mm. so people get this basic it's kind of a plaque inside your brain that builds up from these proteins inside and and what happens when you sleep is these corridors in your brain Mm -hmm. open up really wide especially when you're in REM sleep deep dreaming Mm -hmm. and so these corridors open up and it flushes out all of this beta amyloid Mm -hmm. out of your brain so people who are periodically getting you know regularly i should say getting a lot of sleep you know at least eight hours or more like in the case of eileen goo like i guess Mm -hmm. 10 hours a night right she's cleaning all of this out of her brain which gives mm. her increased cognitive capabilities yep. so when she comes when her brain comes back online she's able to concentrate better That's because exactly
1: she's, what she she's got all yes. of
0: this plaque out of her brain so all the synapses are able to connect better and faster and give her more clarity and focus mm. but also prevent dementia and prevent Alzheimer's and these other debilitating diseases that people would have gotten in their old age.
1: You know, sometimes we have the uh feeling that we've made a lot of progress when it comes to medical discovery, mm. right? Um, like the amazing things we can now do setting tubes inside your uh veins and things like that. But mm. Mm. in some aspects, like we are just starting to discover um like how important sleep it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I think we're still maybe only at the starting point of that. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot more to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and also how much impact your mental stability or mental health or just yes. peace, you yes. know, mental peace, um, the the impact of that on your life. Um, maybe we just haven't devoted enough time. You know, m- m- most of us.
0: I, I agree with you. I also feel like science is catching up with what a lot of people for thousands of years thought exactly. for thousands exactly. of years, people thought you should Meditate, you mm. should sleep, mm. you should drink more water. For thousands of years, people thought these were good ideas. And then science, you know, 100 years ago is like, well, we don't really know. So we're not going to recommend <laughs> that. But then, like, but they
1: have to start from scratch. But now,
0: and we're in our period of time where science is like at the cutting edge and it's like, oh, yeah, you should relax and like sleep more. <laughs> and water is really good for you. It's like all the common sense things that people thought. Science is just catching up with common sense. In a, but now in, we in a have of data. Yeah, now we have data, sure.
3: It's like, you know,
1: um, someone's granddaughter just graduated from Harvard with a medical degree Mm. and telling Mm. her grandmother that, did you know that sleep is important to you? (laughs) I have data to prove this. And the grandma is like, oh, my goodness. So that's what you learned after all that, all those years (laughs) of tuition. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, as they said, like the end of science might be you know that's where, in my lead to my lead to religion, because you know what they're saying is, you mm. know, with all these scientific discoveries, maybe we are only at the beginning mm. of understanding what the Buddha said, like two thousand <laughs> years ago.
2: <laughs> Told
1: you guys, <laughs> you need peace of mind. Peace of mind is of you know, the fundamental importance, but, uh, you know, at this stage of my life, I finally understood that in order to have everything else, these are some of the basics that I have to, you know, put in place, right. Mm. Um, enough sleep and, uh, a, a decent diet. Actually, you know, in the past when China was, wasn't as wealthy as now,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um, like my grand, parents generation, they always want their kids or their grandkids to eat and eat and eat. Right. Especially <laughs> the good stuff, meaning mm. like, you know, meat, fish, and other new new things packed with nutrients. Mm. Um, but actually, uh like my grandmother, she lived to be 92, mean mm-hmm. like a decent um yeah, that's old very age. Good. Um and my other grandmother, she's still uh, you know, healthy. And I think she's not she's ninety-four. Wow. And they, they don't eat anything fancy.
3: Mm, mm. You know,
1: the fanciest things like, like tofu and eggs <laughs> mm. <laughs> and they live on, you know, vegetables, um, porridge. Yeah. I mean, when they were younger, there just wasn't much, a lot of other choices. Mm-hmm. They, they keep a simple diet. And sometimes it's, it's actually about eating less,
3: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Eating
1: regular meals. Like my mm-hmm. grandmother's mom lived to be 96. Mm-hmm. And that was when, uh, life was terribly hard mm. but she i remember my grandmother told me that no matter what happened no matter how uh scare uh, scarce the resources i always made sure that my mom had three meals a day um at roughly the same time mm. and usually it's like just plain noodles a little bit of chinese cabbage and she tried to make sure that she had one egg a day, one egg a day mm. and pretty much no meat and that was it like her system was clean. Mm-hmm. No yeah. plaque anywhere.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, my grandmother was the same way. She lived till 96 um she was also you know very simple she'd eat eggs in the morning and she had like Mm -hmm. nuts and fruit Mm. throughout most of the day and vegetables that things like that she was really thin you know like she it was again like about not consuming a lot for her she was Mm. super light i don't know was she weighed but i would guess it was probably like 40 or 45 kilograms she was like kind of short too so she was very skinny Mm. very petite lady and Mm. she just outlived like everyone she knew at the, at the end and <laughs> she was she had no one around her other than Aww. family because all of the people her age were already gone you know
1: well see good or bad right but I, it, still a good job 96 and um hopefully you know she passed peacefully
3: yeah um yeah.
1: i think you know that's like the ideal you live to a natural um old age hmm. so a lifestyle i think it's a lot more important than you know preventative checkups you know you need to make sure that you have um, peaceful, decent, and uh, I guess regular lifestyle, and then you're more confident. Too. I think it's
0: both are important. Mm-hmm. Do what you're saying is like making sure that you live well. Don't go to like fast food and eat all this processed garbage mm-hmm. that's so popular with young people these days. But like, right. if you still might get like some problem, and if you get if you can detect cancer mm-hmm. really fast, then you can just take it out. Mm-hmm. But if it, it grows in you for a year or two, mm-hmm. then you might you might not be able to make it because it may have just grown through in other parts of your body that can't handle that right. kind of thing, like your pancreas or something, or, or something.
1: Um, see, what's so difficult about getting cancer is that it makes people so scared and nervous. Mm. And that sort of adds to the problem. And I think that's uh-huh. what happened right. to yeah. to my friend. Mm. And she discovered it actually a little bit late because she, she felt for over a year, she felt like something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Like she was just tired mm. but she had always been tired mm-hmm. you know that's the thing she had always been tired because she worked so hard mm. but then she was so tired it got to a point where she even felt like i probably should go check out how things you know why i feeling so tired and she was losing more hair and things like that mm. and then when she discovered it's um i think it has been around for a little bit for you know um she should have gone earlier mm. and then what happened after that was she was terrified mm. and i think that feeling of uh, just scared to her bones mm-hmm. and every day she mm-hmm. lived with that fear mm-hmm. and uh, that itself, I felt like that itself could make someone sick, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if she was like, let's say she was misdiagnosed, it was not yeah, her yeah, um, yeah, yeah. she was actually fine, but I think that fear of day living mm-hmm. in fear mm-hmm. daily could have made her sick mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not to mention on top of what she had, it was so difficult yeah
0: I'd like to tell you two stories, both of the same story, essentially. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say who, but actually you may actually know the person who's relative and one of my relatives, mm. two women, one woman was 55 when this happened. And mm. a, the other woman in a different story was, is like 80. Mm. And in both cases, they discovered by themselves that there was a lump in their, one of their breasts. Mm. And they went to a physician and within a week, they were scheduled to have, Surgery. you know, uh, I don't know what the procedure is, but to have most of that breast mm. removed. But in both cases, both of these women ended up, you know, escaping cancer Hmm. and they, they were able to move on. And they, one of the, the, in the 80 year old woman's life, it's been a year Mm -hmm. or two since, since the operation, she's fine. Mm. They're pretty sure they got all of it. And in the other woman, she's, it's been about five years for her Mm. and, and she's a relative of mine. She's my, I'm not going to say who, I don't want to embarrass her, Mm. but a very close relative of mine and she is fine. Five years later, there's no cancer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she does have to, you know, have fill out one of her uh, Uh bras so she feels like looks normal you know, normal mm-hmm. and so she feels happy in public but both of these ladies were able to mm-hmm. survive this potentially life-threatening uh, disease by mm-hmm. noticing themselves that there mm. may be a problem and then having that checked out within a you know a short period of time
1: I think um, I don't I mean I'm no expert at all but I heard that uh, the recovery uh, rate for breast cancer is actually very high mm. Um, especially if you go early enough.
2: Mm, but mm, you know, I, mm. I I
1: don't know enough about it. But I've actually know um a few people mm. who've um had surgery, and it's been years. Mm, mm, mm. and also how you responded, yeah. Um, uh, can um have you know pretty strong impact. You're right. A lot of people take people up are, like
0: yoga and meditation and breathing. Yes. When they get different kinds of cancer because, and and they actually try to think I've actually watched this movie, Mm. a documentary. They think happy thoughts about the cancer receding and going Mm. away. And like they, they Mm -hmm. picture white light and all kinds of things to try to meditate away the cancer to
1: calm down. And also while
0: they're undergoing other kinds of procedures as well. I don't
1: remember which book it was in, but in one of the books um, I think it was, uh, she was a psychiatrist um, psychologist and she herself uh, had cancer and she decided um, on, you know, when she walked out of the doctor's office after the discovery, that from then on, she was going to focus, like consciously try to focus on the happier things in mm-hmm,
2: life. Mm-hmm,
3: um,
1: because for, for most of us, really, whether or not you're happy uh, or not, it depends on what you're focusing on. Yeah. Right. There are good and bad things in everybody's yeah, life. Yeah. So, you know, af- from that point on, she, lived, she started living a different life. Mm. she was actually she said that was like a turning point in her life because Mm. um from that point on her life got happier
2: Mm.
1: you know (laughs) the she focused more on her friday martini (laughs) and she focused more um Mm. relaxing right on the on just the good size and the the other things that she used to think were so much more important Mm -hmm. um faded into the background you know she realized that you know it was not crucial whether or not she had all of
3: those Mm, mm.
1: um and i think by the time she was writing she was only like contributing to a little bit in the book um it it had been like five years since her diagnosis Mm -hmm. yeah and she was still you know going strong and um it was like a literally a turning point in her life for the better actually especially her mental health that's really really
0: good to hear i want to kind of just add some more uh Information. Oh. I, I read this article, CNBC. Uh, this was the end of January. It says millions of Americans quit their jobs. Is, is Obamacare helping them? And oh. so in this article, it says that, you know, lots of people did in this. You guys have obviously heard of the great resignation, all these people that left their jobs. And a lot of people had their medical insurance linked to their career, mm-hmm. which apparently is going to change. That's not in the article, but apparently is changing because more people are self-employed, remote work, all kinds of special kinds of uh, you work. Know, Work, but in the article it mentions that because of the cost of insurance, trying to get it themselves, mm-hmm. that seventy-one percent. This is quoting now seventy-one percent of uninsured Americans who decided not to get coverage decided not to get coverage from either a private insurer or through the marketplace. Said they didn't get end up buying a plan because it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Now this doesn't. The overall picture of America is actually that um, there's more insured people now than there were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But it also shows in the last year. Or to there's a little bit of a trend downward towards like slightly maybe a few million more people not having medical insurance Mm -hmm. because they're not working for an employer that provides them with medical insurance now so we're talking about preventative care in america that can be um, really prohibitively expensive Mm -hmm. going to get a checkup without medical insurance can end up costing thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. just to get so you think you might have a lump Mm -hmm. in your breast but now you're afraid to go get that checked out mm-hmm. in America because you're afraid of a, a prohibitively expensive medical bill. Mm-hmm. And so now we may end up with, you know, some people who end up getting really terrible conditions because they were not able to have necessary procedures done early on in the in the pro- when the problem is arising.
1: See, when over here when people talk about going to the states mm. and I think healthcare is one of those big warning sign mm, mm, mm. um because it's uh, i mean the u.s is known to have uh, what's the word for it i don't even know like crazy medical yeah, bills very, if very you don't health. have health insurance yeah. like you feel like they could just ask anything right and if you have health insurance the uh your insurance company can negotiate mm, 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 mm. with the hospital But otherwise, if, if they feel like it, you feel like they would just ask any number it's crazy <laughs> and it, it's like yeah, there's like no, almost like no formal rule. So that's something that I think mm, mm, people mm. do worry about when they are thinking about going to, uh, to the US. If you're going there to work, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. course, it, it helps, right? Um, your employee helps to cover part of the cost. Most employers, a student, yeah, a lot of employers. Most employers. But it's almost unthinkable to, you know, to, to think that you, you go off to the States without insurance. That's like, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Chinese, they would say, like, you're going there... And, naked without insurance mm-hmm. or something like insurance naked
3: <laughs> and that
1: seems uh very very scary
3: mm-hmm.
1: um i'm not too sure about the situation now but i've like years and years ago uh i remember talking to to mm-hmm. someone and she i think her mom was in canada uh where they have you know everyone had health insurance mm-hmm. and she wanted of course she wanted her mom to move to the states but mm-hmm. what was stopping her was because uh, medical insurance was so expensive and that was what, like fifteen, sixteen years ago, mm. and she was saying like it would cost maybe five or six hundred dollars per month mm. uh, to insure her mom at that time. I don't know how much more expensive it would be now. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but to pay, you know, even if it's the same, to pay mm-hmm. five or six hundred dollars a month for health insurance, it's a pretty hefty bill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. for for most working Americans. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a huge problem because but unless your other like your spouse uh, has uh, you know has a decent job yeah, or a stable job. It does
0: work that way. Yeah. They can have
1: family plan. Yeah. But that is something you know one worries about. Mm-hmm. Um the system here in China, I mean I don't know a lot about it, but I was reading a little bit on it mm-hmm. and I know that there's this um kind of a, like a basic medical insurance. Mm-hmm. Do you, know, do you know much about the healthcare system in China? I
0: only know, I, in preparation for our discussion, I, I, I'll sure. just interrupt really fast and then you, I'll leave it back to you. According to Statista.com, uh-huh. which is a statistics website, there was an article published in January 27th of this year health expenditures in China from 2000 to 2020. And there's a point that I found where it says more than 96% of the population enjoyed at least a basic health insurance. Mm. So I do know that, yeah, more people are covered in China than in the United States by uh, about five or five or six, 7%. So that means like almost every single person in China has medical insurance, which, you know, is very good.
1: Um, I never really thought about this um, until... I think it was a few years ago uh my uh nanny you know she used to take mm. care of my daughter uh, for me and one time her husband got sick like some kind of um heart problem mm. and I was like huh I wonder because she I think her husband worked as a um like a, a laborer for decorating mm. houses or like let's <laughs> say just mm-hmm. house uh, almost like construction worker okay yeah yeah. and he was like paid by the day i'm not too sure if it was like a formal job and she Mm -hmm. worked for um you know my family and you know we pay her by the month but Mm -hmm. i don't think Mm -hmm. there was like a health care plan um but later not like through me but it turned out that she had this um basic health uh, insurance plan it's like a national thing and i think that's the one you were talking about you know it covers Mm -hmm. As of September twenty twenty, in this article, I found more than one point three five billion people in China. So that's over 95 mm. percent of China's population. They're covered yeah. by one of the, uh, it's called BMI programs in English. Yeah. Yeah. So one time, um, uh, my I remember my nanny. That's mm-hmm. when you know we had a nanny yeah. for my daughter. Um, she and her husband they were from another province, but they were working in Beijing. So when her husband got sick, I remember he actually. I think he maybe he went back to uh, their hometown and uh, he was treated there. And then they had this basic medical plan where they covered about maybe was it like 60 percent or something? Mm. Yeah, because I was wondering, you know, for them, they were not working at uh one of those, you know, office jobs. Yeah. Where you have you know everything comes in a package when you sign up and insurance and all yeah um but they had this uh, basic medical insurance and I think it actually you know it, it helps a lot um it helped them cover most of the plan and but I found this article if you're interested mm, yeah absolutely and this is an article f- article from U S National Library of Medicine mm. and National Institute of Health and it's pretty well it, I guess it's pretty new from last year February mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. and it's talking about this um. Uh, the healthcare security system in China, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I have to say, you know, health and uh, housing, education, these are, um, you know, these are considered like the some of the fundamental responsibilities uh, of the Chinese government, yeah, right? Yeah. These are things that you no know, we call min sheng. Min is people. Sheng is like you know living mm-hmm,
3: uh, mm-hmm, livelihood. Mm-hmm.
1: So these are some of the most important pillars. So the government's um, – it's not going to just let the market take over. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think, you know, when we think about the health um, system in the U.S., of course, you know if you are part of the elite, now right, you can get the best medical treatment yeah, yeah. by world standards.
0: I mean, I think China has the, a similar system to France, Canada, you know, like uh, all the other social, northern European socialist countries. China is socialist, and so it has – the best kinds of policies about taking care of its people's basic needs. And I think that's a something mm. that a lot of people should have more respect for.
1: I think um, China probably, it says uh, the national medical security system in China is a multi-level system mm. um, because I think the situation is a little more complicated Mm -hmm. maybe a lot more complicated because of the population Mm. um i mean in smaller countries you know the population is not as crazy right you don't have as many cases to handle but even for them i've heard that in some countries like you know like canada sometimes you have to wait for months
3: yeah yeah right to,
1: to to be able to uh sign up for a checkup Um, And that's not usually the case here. Here it's, you know, things move pretty fast. Yeah. And doctors literally see hundreds of patients a day Mm. from my experience of um, especially taking my daughter to the hospital mm-hmm. like it's crazy um anyhow <laughs> back to the uh medical insurance security system so they have the basic medical insurance uh bmi as the pillar yeah. and the medical aid as the backup and then of course there are uh rich commercial health insurance a lot of choices like i bought some um private uh, health insurance yeah. for the family and there are all kinds it gets really complicated mm-hmm. i'm not smart enough to know what i bought
0: <laughs> you know actually i used to have what you have now i used to, my company has always uh, provided me with um, private insurance mm. like international you know the expensive insurance where i can go to the private clinics mm-hmm. but actually a couple years ago i switched out and now i have the basic medical insurance plan, and nice. they're like, you know, the that's the national, the insu- the insu- yeah. The national, I have national insurance because actually, if you go to, because I've actually gone to both mm-hmm. and over the years that I've been here, I felt mm-hmm. for me that when I went to the big impersonal hospital, it was kind of like, you know. Uh, a factory a little bit. It was like, go here. Okay. Go see that guy. Okay. No, that's not your problem. (laughs) Go over there. But I I, I always ended up actually paying less than the deductible Mm -hmm. instead of going in and getting Mm -hmm. a 2000 RMB, like, Checkup because I have the flu, and then I get I pay 10% mm. for $200 or whatever. I actually end up paying like mm. six koi or something because I went to like That's, the national like hospital. Yeah, it's but yeah. even though they only pay a per- certain percentage, the cost of going to the, like the county or the city hospital mm. in Beijing or Wuhan or wherever mm. is actually still a lot lower. I mean, it's a hundred times more expensive Crazy. To, go, to go to one of these private mm. clinics.
1: Well, when you go to private ones, I think a lot of it you're paying for for the
0: service yeah so it's, it's like the nurses pay attention to sit here and like <laughs> right? it really sit Here it You is, have a place to if sit if you need a serious yeah well the <laughs> thing about i think for
1: foreigners coming into china if um you know you have to go to the hospital for something they will be scared at first because it's just you know so many people mm. and people are going all over the place mm-hmm. you know in the states it's all calm right you go to you you call a doctor like days ahead And then, you know, you go into office, it's there are only a few people sitting there, but like in in china and go to the hospital like thousands of people you feel like (laughs) you know in that entire building so uh, if you're going there for the first time definitely bring a chinese friend Mm. don't just go there by yourself you'll get lost um but once you get the hang of it it works pretty efficiently yeah but anyhow so the basic medical insurance as the pillar medical aid as the backdrop and you have commercial ones lots of choices Mm. Mm -hmm. and then there of course now i see more charitable donations so, the, the basic medical insurance system serves two groups of people employees and residents. Well, it's, I get, yeah. I mean, employees, that's easier to understand, right? You work, you sign up for like some kind of health plan. So, that's the employee basic medical insurance. And then there's the non working residents who are enrolled in the resident's mm. basic medical insurance program. Mm,
2: mm, mm. And I
1: think that's what my nanny had, even though she wasn't like, we didn't, uh, we had a contract, but it wasn't like, you know, working for a formal place. And I paid some form of insurance for her, but it was only like, you know, 20 kuai for a year. So pretty basic. Um, So her health insurance was from like this social uh, medical coverage. And, And after being established in 2018, there's this National Healthcare Security Administration that has been constantly improving so that the whole plan can, you know, make sure they can cover most people. Yeah. And as we mentioned, by September 2020, over ni- 95% of the population are yeah. covered. And I, of course, it's not like everybody can go to the hospital for free, right? Or mm. uh, everybody can get timely treatment. But just knowing that you have health insurance can help us to be a lot more calm and confident.
0: You go, okay, if you go to America and you Mm -hmm. need aspirin, all right, they're going to maybe charge you $600 for a bottle of aspirin. What? Why? Because they can't. I'm serious. So then, in, in, if you have insurance, then obviously the insurance is going to call and complain, and you're only going to end up having to pay like fifty dollars for a bottle of aspirin, mm. and then the insurance will cover like thirty dollars for the bottle of aspirin, and then you just pay. You only have to pay twenty dollars for the bottle of aspirin, mm. which sh- which you can it go to the more store. Like it. Yeah, if you can go to Walgreens and buy a bottle of aspirin for like four dollars or something. Mm. But in China, if you need to, an aspirin, I bought aspirin in China. It costs like one yuan for like a bottle (laughs) a a hospital is going to charge you one yuan for a bottle of aspirin, right in so, public
1: hospital. Can we translate that for our American audience? That's yeah. So like that's
0: like a quarter, fifteen cents. Yeah, it's fifty. Yeah, it's like it's fifteen <laughs> or sixteen cents for a bottle, a little bottle of aspirin. So if you go to a Chinese <laughs> hospital and you have or don't have insurance, you're gonna pay sixteen cents for the bottle of aspirin because if you go to a, a another place to buy a bottle, that's what it costs. Mm. So you don't, even if you don't have insurance and you need to go to the hospital for something, mm-hmm. and, and you're in this like small sliver of three or four percent of people that don't have insurance you're still not going to end up owing like a million dollars or like a hundred thousand dollars for some crazy like in america if you don't have insurance it's like everyone is like ha 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 we got you like and they're gonna yeah, send you these gosh. insane bill after bill after bill mm-hmm. oh you talked to someone you had a little cup of water mm-hmm. you walked down the hallway there's a hallway i'm just exaggerating now mm-hmm. there's a looking at that painting fee we saw you looking at that paint it's just insane it's insane <laughs> in America
1: and also um, the psychological burden because you know when I travel abroad um, I mean later on I learned that you can buy all kinds of uh, private insurance right mm-hmm. to cover your uh, stay in yeah. foreign countries but you know the first few times I did not and I was literally nervous on a daily basis <laughs> because you know what if somebody something yeah. happens you know what if I fell sick or what if you know I hit something something hits me and just that that anxiety, was, uh, I feel like, was eating me up at times. Yeah. You know, I had really had to calm myself down. No,
0: I feel the same way as you. Yeah. When I, I always tell my wife, oh yeah, buy the insurance. Right, and she's right. like, my wife is always like, we're gonna be there for two weeks. <laughs> oh, we're not buying insurance. Really? It's a waste of money. I'm <laughs> like, no, no, please, please buy it. And she's like, no. And she clicks ahead.
1: Me. <laughs> well, uh, mean, for the weaker souls like us, <laughs> I'd rather pay that money and have that peace of mind. Yeah. Um, And it might be like a few hundred like r b it's it's not that crazy i i remember buying um like this accident insurance mm. and it was i think it's 300 per year like and it covers like it's international coverage mm. if anything like asset like a, a bitten by a dog or something uh hit by a car that you know god forbid mm. um at least you know that there's uh you know some help so i, I def- and it's very affordable and also okay here uh, back to the Chinese healthcare system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't believe I'm talking about this, but I actually find it pretty interesting. So medical aid, mm. um, that's in addition to the basic medical insurance. Yeah. Medical aid ensures all citizens have fair access to basic medical services. Yeah. Uh, by supporting the section of the low-income populace, to participate in the basic medical insurance by yeah. subsidizing, subsidizing subsidizing the medical expenses mm. that they cannot afford. Yeah. And uh, in since 2018 medical aid has benefited 480 million mm-hmm. low-income citizens in China and helped reduce their medical burden by approximately 330
0: billion. Yeah. So even when you have a bill, if your income is below a certain threshold, the government will end up giving you money to help you. There's another thing. I've also read a a lot about this a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And there's another thing. If you like live in the countryside, for example, and you need assistance, a physician will literally come out to you. Yes. Yes. And like sometimes you get that with their little medical box. Exactly. And sometimes that's free, or sometimes that's like Mm. five yuan Mm. or something. Yeah.
1: That's which is like a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Eighty cents. Okay. And also, I can't believe we're talking. been talking for this about this for like nearly an hour mm. I, I want to squeeze in something because um <laughs> just i think was say two or three days ago i was chatting with a, a mom in in the neighborhood like our kids were playing together so we were kind of like forced to chat uh, and mm. she does like investments and she was you know kind of um uh, whining about how stock prices for a lot of these uh medical no pharmaceutical companies in china have like have been dropping like crazy mm, 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 mm. and she was pretty you know sad when she said that because you know that's what uh, she does right yeah this yeah. money but i was asking her the reason why and she was like actually it's for a pretty good reason because um a lot more different kinds of medicine have now been integrated into the um there's like a catalog of medicines covered by the national health security uh-huh. system so once these pre like these uh, medicine that used to can only be found on the private market, yeah. right? Now they've been integrated into the public national. medical yeah. national yeah, system, yeah. and then you know a guy from or a lady from the government. have seen videos of this. They would haggle over the price of the medicine. Mm. Usually, it's like you know a huge drop.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but the good thing actually about uh, including these medicine in the national health security system. Uh, even though the price can drop like by over ninety percent, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there is a, a huge market, mm-hmm. right, for these drugs if it can be integrated into the national health security system. Yeah, and here is an example. And I've seen videos of these. I remember this. There's this one guy. His son had this rare case disease, and each shot of this medicine they need costed like tens of thousands of RMB, mm-hmm.
2: like each shot. Wow, wow. So it
1: was like. Um, they were desperate, but I think it was just a few months ago, the medicine they used was incorporated into this um, a catalog of medicine covered by National Health Security System. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, just that one stroke, um, everything was affordable for the family.
3: That's
0: great.
1: It was the same medicine. Mm. Um and here the example I found is uh management of hepatitis related drugs. Yeah. So that's like related to a liver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it says in recent years, with the efforts from the government, the price for drugs for viral hepatitis has been reduced substantially. Let's say in twenty fifteen, the annual treatment cost of hepatitis B antiviral drugs, there are like two kinds, mm. T D F or ETA. Okay. Some other name. <laughs> so I
2: don't know. Twenty
3: fifteen.
1: It was about twenty thousand or nine thousand per person per patient. Wow! wow. Right for these two kinds of drugs in twenty eighteen, after the start of a pilot program, the annual treatment cost of TDF and the other drug mm-hmm. was decreased to two hundred and twenty. Wow! To two forty per person. Um. So that's from twenty thousand RMB to two hundred
0: RMB. Yeah, which is like. $50. And um, in nine, in
1: 2019, after more cities were included in the pilot program. So basically, you know, also a bigger market, right, for these drugs. The cost of the two drugs was further decreased to about 70 RMB. Wow. So that's like $10 mm. literally just like a yeah. little bit over $10. And 7 years ago, no, wait, 6 years ago that was thousands. Yeah, yeah, a few yeah. thousand dollars. They have the centralized procurement of the same drug, mm. but the price can be so much lower than before. And eventually, I think the cost out of pocket costs paid by patients dropped by 95% mm. so wow. that more people can benefit. So, same thing, Jason, same same situation on the one side, you know, more people can afford the drugs they need right but yeah, on the other yeah. side at least in the short term the stock prices of these uh, pharmaceutical companies dropped like uh, <laughs> probably you mean rich
0: people I, lost some of their no. income i feel so bad you, for them you're, you're not you're not <laughs>
1: pretending very
0: realistically oh sorry <laughs> oh no they're gonna only have to have one yacht now okay yeah. so i i wanted to throw one last thing you know we only have sure. a few minutes but i wanted okay. to throw in another thing Um, Just for our listeners so that they have a good idea what they should be doing. This is from Mm -hmm. comprehensiveprimarycare.com, all -hmm. one word. And the name of the article is, how often do you need a physical? And this was very recently. I I don't have the date here, but it was like in the last year or two. And Mm -hmm. it suggests for everyone 22 to 64, that's us, that we go get a physical of some kind every one to three years. Mm -hmm. And everyone over 65 should go once a year Mm -hmm. the reason uh you know for me i just i actually wanted to talk about myself for a moment Mm -hmm. i'm a school teacher Mm -hmm. in china so one of the things that school teachers are required to do in in order to guarantee the safety of the children that we work with Mm -hmm. is i am required to go get physicals Mm -hmm. so when i moved from one city to another and also every year that i'm going to teach Mm -hmm. so even though i don't deliberately go get a physical like I don't need to because when I moved to Wuhan, mm. uh, this which was last year, I had to go get a physical based on the fact that I was going to be a teacher and then in order to mm. start my job I needed to go back to, I think it was the same exact hospital and get another physical mm. so I've, I've had two physicals in the last like eight months or something mm. where they've checked like, you know, my blood pressure and they've taken blood samples and checked me for different kinds of dis- uh, like viral mm. diseases and all so kinds of stuff So you don't contaminate stuff. the and, kids you know, I, <laughs> Basically, yeah, they're making sure are you healthy enough to be around children and the children are going to still be healthy. Right. So but they don't just I mean, they also check your blood pressure mm. and it's not like like my blood pressure is going to hurt children. <laughs> but they do they give you a full physical as a school teacher in mm. China. So that's one kind of benefit from being in this mm. industry. And
1: also I remember uh while I was working at the radio station um it's a like um i think they had to get a physical every year Mm, mm, mm. and uh but after i left the radio station like i have not actually had a physical check maybe i did (laughs) yeah i know it's one of those things that you know you should do but then Mm. nowadays like one year just passes by so fast yeah i know it's so fast uh, i don't know what's happening but um, I go by the rule that you know I try to get enough sleep.
0: Well, your daughter's seven, right? Yeah, she's. Seven. So how often she, she? Obviously, there are national rules for her to get vaccines and stuff. She must right. go to the hospital pretty frequently, right?
1: Um, you mean for checkups? We should, like, huh?
0: you know, when she when she was a baby or an infant, she needed to go in like oh, yeah. periodically first, to get different shots. First and,
1: three years, yes, like every. Well, for the first year, like every few weeks, I feel like Mm. Um, it was very frequent. And then uh, a little bit less later on. Mm. And I could tell you about the difference between private hospital hospital getting vaccines there or checkups there and also the public, public, but we don't have time today. Yeah, tell us. You know, with our daughter, we want to give her the best. So we started in this like private hospital, you know, that's where we would take her Mm. for the checkup. I mean, it was really pretty uh, simple stuff. Like, you know, they poked her here and there Mm. and then looked down her throat and things like that. Um, And also the vaccines. And the, if, with a private clinic, everything was, you know, nice and clean. And uh, the nurse would take you. Uh, they were really polite. But it was very expensive.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: it wasn't until later that we discovered if we had gone to the public one, you know, it wasn't like bad service or anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was so much cheaper. <laughs> when it came um, around the time, I think maybe she was four. And we had like another, uh, by that time, she was like getting one or two shots a year. Mm. Remember the time when we asked the private hospital; they wanted to charge like five hundred for that shot. Yeah, yeah. And um we didn't make it that time. The next time I called, it became a thousand. Oh my gosh! And because it was the private hospital was getting so popular. Yeah. Um, I think they just had huge demand. Mm. And I would. I remember talking to the customer service. I was like, "Are you providing health service?" Or are you selling Chinese cabbage? (laughs) You don't increase your prices like this. And I I was a little mad by them. Mm, mm. So I was like, you know what? And and it was pretty far. So I'm I'm not going. And I asked my neighbor, where do you guys get vaccine for your kids? They were like, oh, it's like two minutes away. (laughs) (laughs) And just, you know, under, you know, over there, like it, it was literally just like five minutes away. Yeah. And we went there. We were like, you know, um, imagining a huge mess and uh, everything <laughs> to credit. It turned out to be fine. Hmm. It was fine. There were more kids, but nobody was crazy, right? It was just- Well,
0: compared to a 1,000 RMB, what did the it cost? You?
1: I don't think it cost him much of anything because most of the vaccines are free, you know, oh. from the public clinics. Um, yeah. And we went that time and maybe, uh, maybe after that, that was no going back to the private <laughs> one.
3: <laughs> it was-
1: <laughs> um, uh, And this one was much, much closer because it's based on your where you live. Mm. And uh, you can always find one not too far away from you. Um, I mean, it wasn't pretty.
3: Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, at the private clinic, they had like, you know, rocking horses and there was a little room where.
0: (laughs) You don't need rocking horses. You need basic medical (laughs) care so that you can live. (laughs)
1: There was no nurse to take you around. you just find your own room no
0: fish tank
1: no fish tanks no bubble blowing (laughs) there was there was a courtyard you know you can take your kids down there are people selling balloons outside Mm -hmm. it was perfectly fine i mean i could have saved like thousands of dollars
0: that that was my thinking when i switched to basic to like the people's insurance basically i was like i want to save money i don't need fish tanks i'm happy like i want to (laughs) just i want this to cost the least amount of possible you know and like i think i feel like the medical care is just as good Mm. you know like chinese hospitals are amazing most of the people's hospitals are attached to like really big prestigious universities now Mm. so like you go to like pku medical college number three or something Mm -hmm. and you're getting like some of the best experts in their field that are in beijing right and those that's your doctor so like yeah i feel comfortable the
1: advantage of um Getting medical care in China is it's straightforward. The doctors they have so much experience. Yeah, it's
3: so much. They see so
1: many patients. Oh my gosh! I think the last time that my husband and I we took our daughter to the hospital, she had the flu, and uh, it's like one of the Mm. uh, best hospitals in Beijing. Actually, you know, because as parents, we're nervous. We didn't really have to go there, but Mm. we just felt Mm. like you know we want to go to the best. And of course, it's crowded. And when we walked out eventually uh my husband was like man these doctors they they must need like like psychological help because (laughs) day in day out it's like screaming kids Um, crying kids um, can you imagine well
0: and yeah i can because that's my career
1: but then you're not stabbing the kids
0: (laughs) i'm not stabbing them You know, I wish we could keep talking. We are out of time. Okay. It's always a great pleasure speaking with you. Yes,
1: and just want to say, you know, I, I really sure. respect the doctors, um, both in China and in the U.S. And I hope that yeah,
0: doctors and they do they deserve our respect. It's a hard
1: yeah. job. Thank you guys, and thank you, Jason. We'll see you thank next you. time. Bye bye.